0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. This is Jersey Joe once again. And so, this is going to be the first episode of 2023. So, for those of you who don't know, I do cover the Devils for pucks and pitchforks. Yes, this is my Devils cap. And most importantly, I do watch the World Juniors over the past several years. And also, I would definitely like to talk more about the way the prospects have grown the past several seasons in New Jersey, but most importantly, we're going to talk about the World Juniors themselves, so before we get into it, please take notice, you know, we are sponsored by BetStamp, it is a a sports betting company out of Canada, they're Sponsoring heads up hockey here in New Jersey and for those of you who like to place bets on sports, do it wisely and be smart and be sure you're of legal age in your jurisdiction. Now, with that being said, you know, the odds against the Devils uh, really increase in their favor. Uh, From year over year. And yes, I will say this, even as a pundit, I didn't have the Devils going first, near first of the league, or nor first in the division. Uh, I really been telling uh, friends of mine, like Trey Matthews, uh, Neil Villapiano, Those guys who do Locked on Devils and another podcast, you know, as the Devil's State of Mind podcast, I told them consistently, even during COVID, my highest expectations have always been wildcard or higher. And if the Devils finish off the second half winning more often than they did during the month of December that's good because the more you can bank getting those two points is more important than anything and i definitely will say this for those of you who are new to new jersey devils hockey or hockey in general in the nhl side getting two points whether it's a win in regulation or overtime Getting that secondary point, winning it in the extra sessions, is a good point to have. Because it does make the difference in the wildcard seeding. And once you get through that, it does, like, before you get to that seeding, you do have to make sure that by the time March 3rd rolls around, you have the trade deadline. And by the time you get past New Year's Day and March 3rd, right in the middle of February. Yes, right around the time Pisces and Aquarius people tend to find more trade rumors and all that other stuff starts to pick up. And trade speculation is gonna be off the charts in some ways. Some years has been duds, but with the cap going up a million bucks in the offseason, it is most certain that teams who have players that they want to extend, that are key cornerstones, get them extended. And, yeah, I am subtly talking about Jesper Ratt, and the Devils do need to be conscious about how they spend because – they do have guys coming up on a uh, free agency where some guys might not be around anymore. And there are guys that the Devils will say, geez, well, we need to move this guy and make room for the next. So I'm always saying you got to manage your assets. And <clears throat> if you're looking for a trade partner, and guys that don't fit in anymore, like, uh, like Andres Janssen, no one's really going to take that because that contract is rather expensive, almost $4 million bucks. And if you look at that, it's just like some teams will say, okay, can you eat half that? And if the Devils can move a contract like that and get a really good uh, prospect or... Even in this case, an extra pick, like a late, later round pick or something, you know, you, you get some roster space and some cap relief there. And the Devils certainly can be able to call up a guy like Simon Nemec without uh, any tough cap hits. And the Devils can certainly use that a little bit and more than. A couple years back, the Devils used to do the opposite where they were building and leveraging and they were starting to get into being a contender and the Devils are at that point now, halfway through the season, they are right in the thick of things and as long as they keep winning like they did last night in Pittsburgh, getting the shorthanded goals, killing off the power play and scoring that important power play goal and just having a guy like Vanacek around doing his thing, you know, just staying in front of pucks, you know, when they're released and staying there post-to-post, covering it off like a real professional goaltender and, you know, I am not a fan of Mackenzie Blackwood anymore. He's so up and down, and I find it really hard to have Blackwood to stick around. And I did write an article for Pucks and Pitchforks on Fan sided about this issue. And yeah, here's some nice maple-flavored beer right here. Hmm. that's good. So anyways. I will say this. If you were a betting person. You would certainly like to look. At the way. The Devils are now. They have veteran pieces. They have young core guys. Who are growing into veterans. Yes they're a little bit younger than. The league average. But. They have a lot of speed. They're going to be getting pull out back, so they'll make them a little bit older, but they get a veteran guy who can add to that third line, second line. And then the Devils can start churning out three lines of production. So let's say you have your Heesher's, your Hugheses, and then you have... um, Let's just throw in Palat on the third line, uh, along with Sharon Ghosh for example. You have three of those guys chip in easily each night. It's going to be a lot harder for opponents to outscore you. Why is that? You got guys like you got guys like Kevin Ball, Nikita Ohotuk, and when you get John Marino back, it's only a matter of time when you have these guys learning from other veterans on the fly. And Brandon Smith has been a presence in the locker room on and off the ice with these young guys. Uh, Jonas Siegenthaler truly is a cornerstone left-handed defenseman, he knows how to shut down players. Both by hits, takeaways, poke checks, stuff like that. And you want that on your team. Otherwise, you won't be able to do much productivity or any at, in any point. And so, if I am Tom Fitzgerald, what I'm looking for is you need to add. You definitely need to add a winger who's going to be a difference maker and being gritty, physical, feisty, tough as nails. Someone that's not just going to muck it up, but someone who's going to protect your best players and someone who's going to be one of your best players. Uh, come near the second half, end of the season, And someone that's going to kick in in the playoffs. Yes, I did say playoffs. Why do I say that? Oh, that's right. If you're in the top eight in your conference, you get to go join the dance. Yes, the dance to the Stanley Cup. If you get out of that first round, having someone who's physical can grind it out, Get the dirty goals, those bing, bang, done, like high-danger scoring. It doesn't matter if you're the New Jersey Devils. It doesn't matter if you're a team like the Seattle Kraken. You know, teams like those always need to have a little edge. And when they don't have enough edge, you can't get the job done. And we've seen this before. You see teams in the first round not be physical enough. You get the guys who are more undersized, who have speed, but they get slowed down. And they can't really rebound much because they got other guys on the other team who are physically built. And yes, the Colorado Avalanche made it that far to the Stanley Cup. And they were able to hoist it. Because they had a lot of skilled players. A lot of death players. With grit, sandpaper, speed, and the endurance. The Devils do have speed and endurance. They need to add extra grit. Because when you get to these rivalry matchups. You want to win. Constantly as possible. Because you cannot afford to go on a cold streak no one not even the Capitals can afford to go on a cold streak if there's an injury and they can't make a trade because their pipeline is so washed down it's going to be hard really hard for a team like the Capitals to sustain a win streak let alone be the Islanders or the Blue Jackets Those teams have little to nothing when it comes to the near-term assets. When there's an emergency, an emergency fund for your team are your draft picks that are the longer-term ones, and your near-term safety net are your prospects. And if your prospects are ready and they show up and they help out, then... You can deal with this blow. And so, with that being said, the Devils are one of those teams that can withstand a blow. And maybe teams that are kind of around the wild card. And yeah, I'll pull out my handy dandy phone to prove a point. And I'm going to do just that. So before I go on to that, for those of you who want to see the odds on Betstamp and you want to see the NHL ones, I definitely will say this. You look at January, I mean January 1st, first day of the new year, you're looking at a 50-50 matchup on the Devils at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I will say that Barstool is semi, in favor of the Devils scoring the under six and they have Carolina at, Over six at minus 102. So the Devils under six would be 115. So they think that it's going to be uh, five points total in favor of the Devils. But they're saying it's going to be six or more goals for Carolina. I tend to think it's going to be like a four to three game, four to two, five five to three type situation. Usually, I don't like to make ideal scores, but you just don't know sometimes. Um, I don't like to scoreboard watch, but I know the Panthers are leaning eight percentage points higher than the Rangers. I tend to think the Rangers are still a better team but having Alexander Barkov come back from injury uh, to play against the Rangers does favor the, the guys in Florida. And I see the Panthers possibly edging it out. And I can see it being under six goals because when they have spencer knight in that and you have shesterkin yeah it's gonna be very close it's gonna be like two to two, three to two type game and definitely chicago versus san jose i have san jose winning that they they came close to beating philadelphia the other game and i have no problem Thinking that they can beat Chicago, and I've seen Chicago versus New Jersey, and Chicago, they had some pace, but they had no finish whatsoever. They just couldn't score, not even on Vitek Vanacek, and Vanacek is still one of the top goaltenders, minus the slight downgrade in expected goals saved above average and expected, you know... Any team can struggle uh, in net, but I will say Chicago has been okay in net, but I tend to lean in favor of San Jose. And they got a good club there. They're just dealing with some issues. But Buffalo versus Ottawa, I tend to lean a little bit more in favor Of Buffalo, especially with Tage Thompson. And you got Kalek Poso there. You have um, Rasmus Dalin, Owen Power. I tend to lean more in favor of Buffalo with the way they're built. Ottawa's pretty good. They got Tim Stutzler. I like him. He's going to be someone who's going to grow for a good time. One of the best Germans to lace up the skates in this era. And he's going to be a wonderful pick. Uh, who's going to turn out great. However, the Islanders are starting to slow down a little bit. But I tend to like Seattle more because they're healthier. They're more physical. They play with an edge now. They play with a lot of youth and speed. whole point is you have... A lot of young talent in this league and it does make a difference but back to the play the possible playoff seed now for those of you who don't know american thanksgiving was a few months back and i will throw this there in the east you have the devils Islanders, and Carolina ahead of the Metro. And then, in the Atlantic, you had Boston, Toronto, Detroit, Rangers, and Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, we look over to the West. At that time, on Thanksgiving Day, you had the Dallas Stars, the Colorado Avalanche, the Winnipeg Jets, who had a bad year the year before, starting to bounce back. The Vegas Golden Knights. They're humming along still. And Seattle bouncing back after the first year, which is a good sign because there's a lot of good players coming into Seattle who are helping them from the farm team and from free agency and trades. Then you have Calgary that's been lacking a little bit more, but they're starting to make a comeback a little bit. And then than St. Louis, who was in a wildcard spot. So a lot can happen. There's a lot of volatility. And when you have injuries and other things that happen, a lot can go. now, today, let's call this the 1st of January, by the time you see this. Carolina is the 1st in the metro. The Devils are second in the Metro. Washington is third in the Metro. The Atlantic, it's Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Then you have the wild card, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders. But the Rangers are within striking distance of the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins to take over a wild card spot. However, Detroit is starting to slip. Yeah, they're looking like they're slipping more. But a win streak can change their fortunes. The Buffalo Sabres and the Florida Panthers, if they they and the Ottawa Senators can start stringing something together, they'll be okay. But teams like... Senators, they're likely not going to go on a big win. you are likely to string a few things together. Prove me wrong. But Columbus, Montreal, Philly, they're still competitive teams, but they're underperforming. Jeez. Yeah, they're below the 500 mark. So you got one, two, three four or five teams under 500. And these guys are the ones that usually sink to the bottom and usually go near the top of the draft lottery. And that's a balance of power. Some teams just can't handle certain contract situations. And Columbus went out. They got a really good winger in Johnny Goudreau, but they kind of handcuffed themselves in not getting... A couple nice centers. So to the Western Conference, we go. Dallas is at the top of the Central. Winnipeg is top of the Central in the second spot. And Minnesota is in third. And then you got in the Pacific, you got the Vegas Golden Knights, you have the LA Kings, and you have the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, those guys. And Colorado and Calgary are both in the wild card spot. They are tied for one and two spots in the wild card. Yep, that's right. Kind of insane. And Seattle is like one win away if. Calgary nor Colorado can sustain a win streak, and that's going to be a running theme. And then the other teams that you have that are five hundred and over. I tend to think Vancouver is going to go blah, going to go below five hundred, and I see Nashville trying to string in a few games, but to me. If Nashville and Vancouver start losing more, teams like Seattle and St. Louis win more often along with Colorado and Calgary, good luck to those other teams trying to get past them because a team like Vancouver can go down even more. And then Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago... All at the bottom. Now, I know I'm not going to necessarily talk about the draft lottery, but you've got to take. Yep, that's right. So if you look at 16 through 32, the top of the NHL is Boston, Carolina, Toronto. Dallas, Vegas, New Jersey, LA Kings, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Winnipeg Jets, Pittsburgh Penguins, Minnesota Wild, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Edmonton Oilers, and the Colorado Avalanche. Now, 17 through 32, so 17 all the way down to 1, is gonna be your draft order if they didn't have the lottery from last year with the, the ping pong balls or whatever they will use now with the card. So at the very bottom, you have Chicago, you have Anaheim, you have Columbus, San Jose, Arizona, you have Montreal, you have the Philadelphia Flyers, you have the Ottawa Senators. You have Vancouver. You have the Florida Panthers. You have Nashville. You have St. Louis. Buffalo. Detroit, Seattle, and Calgary. Yeah. I know. It's that crazy. And Chicago only has 20 points. Yes. Yes. That is right, folks. That is ice cold. Very ice cold. But what I'm trying to say is you want to bank on as many points as you can, not just in the early part of the season, the mid part and the late. Because right now, this is getting to be that time of year where after teams get back from the World Juniors, you're going to see a lot of other teams 1 through 16 in the draft order start saying to their executives, going, look, we really like these prospects. We want to go for the Bedards, the Fentilles, the Michkovs. Uh We want to go for the Leo Carlsons stuff like that the Matvey Michkovs and yes I can see Matvey Michkov because he plays in Russia and he's under contract till like what 2026 yeah at the end of that contract it's gonna be a lot harder to get him over unless he decides to do what McGilney did that's a totally wild situation. But here on Heads Up Hockey, we like these kind of fun things because it adds to a good storyline. And to a good storyline, I will say this. When you have players that are on loan on, the, on their ELCs, guys like Topias Vilen, who are playing for Finland. And you have Shakir Muhammad who is in Russia still, but he's on loan. With Salvat Yulayev, he's going to come over at the end of that. Right after the end of the KHL season. And Vilan would come over from Liga. So, and I can see the doubles getting, are sending Gritschik over. Why? They need a forward on the wing who's smooth, fast, sharpshooter that can be a finisher and the Devils need to add finishers. With that being said, it's gonna be interesting World Juniors ending, and by the time you see me again, I can't wait to see what the result will be. And thank you for listening. I'm on Pucks and Pitchforks. This is on anchor.fm. This will be on YouTube, so like, And subscribe and if you're on any of those podcast platforms give me a high rating as you possibly can you know helps out with the algorithm and if you have any questions or concerns um, ideas send them right here thank you have a great day